0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at KingsgateHobbs.com. Today is a a great day, not just because you're here and it's Sunday and God's presence is here and we're here with our church family. We're among our people in the congregation of the Lord. But today's a great day because Pastor Jen is actively traveling to Egypt. I, her first flight leaves in about an hour. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for that. Wow. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. She's so humble about it. She's like, no, next year you're probably going to go. I'm like, just go, baby. Don't even worry. God will take me over there if he wants me over there. I would love to go at some point. But, so we're excited about that. Why don't, you know what? Why don't we pray for Pastor Jen together real quick? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Raise your hands. I know you love Pastor Jen. Almost as much as I do, but not quite, right? Raise your hands. Let's pray for Pastor Jen's travels, for the meetings. Um, She has been invited to officially speak at one of the conferences, so she has her message ready, and it's going to be a powerful word of God. Let's agree today. Come on. Father, I thank you for my lovely wife, my love, the love of my life. Lord, be with her today as we agree. Lord, I agree with the people who love her here. The blood of Jesus over my wife, Lord, as she travels It's going to be a 30-something-hour travel uh, uh, journey to get to Egypt. Lord, God, be with her and the ladies with her. Protect them. Thank you for our contacts. Uh, Pastor Nader and his wife Susanna, I believe is her name, and the Bible school they have there in Cairo, Egypt. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you that every attack of the enemy is broken. It's going to be smooth. No weapon formed against Jen will prosper. And I thank you, Lord, you're giving her favor that surprises her today. A restful trip across the Atlantic that she'll even sleep, Lord. Give her sleep and rest in preparation for the meetings and everything they're going to do in Egypt. Lord, we thank you for this time. This is the time of her life at age 40, Lord. You're doing something new and something different and powerful in her life. We give you glory, and I agree with your people, and I agree with the people you've entrusted to my care today here in this congregation. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Wow. Y'all are the best. Please be seated if you would, please. I want to start a new series today entitled Honor the Lost Art. So, my big question today is: how do we honor God? We're going to start with that because if you can't honor God, you can't honor authority. You can't honor your neighbor. You can't honor anybody. So, how do we honor God is what we're going to talk about today. And I know that a lot of people dishonor God in life by their actions, how they live. Many people honor God with their mouths and dishonor him by their actions and their lifestyles. And that that was a quote from a Christian album from the 90s. And it's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Many times because they haven't met Jesus in person. They haven't had an experience with him like you. So all they see is me and you. And I know we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We, as believers, we say, man, well, if that Christian messed up or this person messed up, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. But the world is looking at you, and they're looking at me. i just got to tell you that. Not trying to put pressure on you, undue pressure, but it's what happens. And you know how they are. You know how, You know how family is. You know how crazy people are in the world. Any little thing you do sometimes, they go, well, you're a Christian, right? Like you're going to have all perfect days. You're going to be just right all the time. They don't understand. You can love them and forgive them for that, but I'm telling you, God has called us to holiness. God has called us to really know Him. God has called us to honor Him. It's all throughout Scripture. Did you know the people of Israel, man? They came out of Egypt, they'd been in slavery 400 years, and all they knew how to do was be slaves. All they knew how to do was be slaves. Many believers come out of the world, and all they know how to do is be a slave to sin. And God is saying, now is something different. I need you to honor me with a different type type of lifestyle. I don't know who this is for today, and I say that often. I don't know who this is for today, but I believe it's for someone, whether on the live stream or in this house. But God is calling you to honor Him now. Stop playing games with Him. Stop messing around with God. Scripture says he is an all-consuming fire, so either serve him or don't. You say, man, that's not for me in here. Maybe it's for nobody in here. Maybe it's not for anyone on the live stream right now. Maybe it's for someone listening later on the podcast. But I believe this word is traveling, and it's not going to return to the Lord empty-handed. It's going to accomplish what he sent it to accomplish. And we as believers, it's time now to stop messing around with God. It's time to really serve him. We used to call it growing up, a line in the sand. I think my mom used to say that. Draw a line in the sand. It's like... Cross over, go serve the devil, serve the Lord, but here's the thing. People don't get this. They say, well, I'm not really going to honor God, but I'm not going to honor the devil either. Well, you don't get to do that. You don't serve God, then you serve the world system, and guess who runs the world system? The Greek word is cosmos. It's Satan, the prince of the power of the air. So if you don't serve God, guess what? By default, you are a Satan worshiper. I didn't come up with that. Some great man of God said that years ago. I don't know who I stole that from. They say the true definition of creativity is stealing something and forgetting where you got it. So I borrowed that. It's mine now. But I'm telling you, if you don't serve God, Jesus said, those who are not for me are against me. Jesus said that. People tell you dumb stuff. Maybe you've said it before. Probably not in here. Right? You say, well, well, me and God have an understanding. Really? You do? What, what understanding is that? Pray tell. Tell me about it. You're just not going to serve him? No, you either serve God or you don't. But here's my thing. You as believers in this house and on the live stream today and whoever would listen to this message and hear the sound of my voice, God has called you to serve him and honor him. And I need to say this. You cannot serve God by yourself or by remaining disconnected. There are seasons of being alone, but you can't stay there forever. So stop talking about it and start connecting. Get in a Bible study, get connected here, serve. you got to get connected. You say, man, well, this ain't my home church. Well, if it's not, and which I believe it's all, just about everybody's home church in this house this morning, then find you a home church where you can flourish and grow and be connected. I, I remember growing up, I'd run into people. They were so bound and determined to tell me that, hey, you, you know, you don't have to go to church to be a believer. And I'm always thinking, why were you so focused on that? You just want to go do your own thing. You just want to go be a bonehead all on your own. Really. I had a teacher in junior high who used to say knucklehead. I don't know if they, you can say that in school anymore. His name was Coach Malone. He was crazy. One of my favorites. I'd be talking in class or something. I was always talk, talking, and he'd say, knucklehead. Shut up, knucklehead. Just right in class. But there are knuckleheads out there, man, say, well, I, I'm going to go do my own thing. You know, stragglers in the army. You know what they end up. You know what ends up ends up happening to them. They end up getting killed by the enemy or destroyed. I'm gonna just do my own thing. When you break away from the main body of the army, you get attacked. You don't have help. Scripture says two are better than one, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. So more is better, right? There's a saying in Spanish says, "There's not a lot of." There, I'm not. We're not very brave. There's a saying in Spanish. We're not very brave, but there's a lot of us. No somos machos, pero somos muchos. We we may be a bunch of cowardly lions, but there's a hundred of us. Not that y'all are cowardly or me either, but you, you get my point? You guys grew up around people that were so tough when they were with their friends? Let's honor God by serving God together here and now. Let's start today. I am a natural procrastinator about certain things, but there's one thing I know. Today is the day of salvation. Many times we say, oh, no, well, uh, next week. Why? What are we waiting for? It's now or never, like the old saying goes. It's now or never. Let's serve God now. Let's not wait. Say, so how do we honor God? We can, look at this, put God first. Put God first. I believe this message is all going to line up under putting God first. And there's a verse that we use. You don't have to put it on the screen. I didn't give it to you guys back there. It's Matthew 633. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You've got to put God first, and everything else will line up. We've got it backwards. Say, man, I want everything else, and then I'll put God first. It doesn't work that way, and you know it. It's like tithe and offering. Uh oh, here we go. I don't know what everybody in here gives. I don't. I don't have a dollar amount on what anyone in this house gives. I don't know what you give to God. That is between you and God, but I'm going to preach the truth and I'm not going to shy away from tithes and offerings. Why? Because you think about money every day. There's been people over the years, got religious, said we don't need to be talking about money in the church. Well, Where should we talk about it? Should we meet at the bar and talk about it? Should we meet up in the club and talk about it? It's one of the ways you honor God and put Him first. Is you tithe. You give to God what belongs to Him. Man, there's preachers out there now, man, there's one in particular, blew me away. He preached on tithes and giving for so many years, and he said, I got it wrong, tithes is of the old covenant. Really? Why did Jesus say in the New Testament, you should tithe? And if we shouldn't tithe in the new covenant, then why is Jesus our high priest? Did you know that is one of the duties and responsibilities and powers and authority of the high priest, is to receive tithe from his people? Jesus is the high priest, Hebrews says, that's really clear. So, hey, once again, I don't know who gives tithes in here or who doesn't. I know everybody on our staff gives tithes. I don't know dollar amounts, but I know they're tithers. I know we as the the, uh, pastors give tithes and offerings. And I know there are many givers in here. I know that because many of you gave to Pastor Jen's trip. And you all are givers. I know that. But I don't know who needs to hear this. And this is big. You've got to put God first. And many times this is the basics. This is where you start off. That's why we teach it in children's church. We teach people to honor God by putting him first with our tithes and offering. You want to be blessed? Start giving to God. That's the only, thing in, only time in Scripture God says, prove me. Malachi chapter 3, he says, prove me. He says, bring tithes and offering to the storehouse, to the church, right? To the synagogue, in our case, a church. And he said, see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room to receive. You say, why are you talking about this, that this morning? Well, honestly, I have no idea because that was not part of the plan, but I felt led by the Spirit because that is one of the major ways we put God first, by giving. Now we get money, and I love text to give because something hits our account and I just, I just text it immediately. And Jen challenges me. She's such a natural giver that, man, Jen would just give. She'd just give and give and give and give. There's been times I'm like, wait, we're doing What? <laughs> What? whoa okay here we go here we go let's just do it praise God and she challenges me that way and I challenge her in other ways but you must put God first in your giving you've got to put God first in your thinking you've got to learn to consult God about big decisions please 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 people of God don't run out tomorrow morning I'm I'm sure you're not and just go buy the, mer- the Mercedes of your choosing because you qualify. You don't want to do that. You want to pray about stuff like that. Please, please, please put God first in choosing a mate. Husband or wife can and will destroy you if they are the wrong one. And I'm not putting it all on them. I mean, you were part of the decision-making process, right? Remember a guy years ago? He told me this. He was supposed to be a man of God back in the day. He told me, yeah, I married my wife. She said, let's get married. I said, whatever. Excuse my language, and I'm not supposed to talk like this in church, but what the devil is he talking about? He said, whatever. Well, that didn't work out. It was whatever For, to the altar and all the way the few years they suffered together and hate, just about hated each other. Whatever. People don't consult God. They don't put God first in big decisions. Jobs, just because it looks good doesn't mean it's good. Just because it looks good doesn't, and just because she looks good doesn't mean she's good. People say, oh, no, she's fine. Okay. Oh, he's handsome. Mm. He's a handsome, that was one of the things, he's a handsome devil. Uh huh. Later on, he, once a handsome leaves, he may just be a devil. May grow horns after the first week of honeymoon. You don't know. You better be led by the Spirit of God. You better put God first. Let's go to Matthew 10, 38. Look at this. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Jesus himself said that. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Did you know part of giving up your life for the Lord is saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Praying the Lord's Prayer and saying, oh, man, Lord, that you would make, let let everything be on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, Jesus said, someone say, Jesus said, "Uh huh, you will find it. You will find it. Somebody say, I will find it. All right. Let's go to Colossians 317. This is a strong one here. Some people, I remember one guy, I told a guy this verse, and he was a churchgoer years ago. We were in high school talking about this, and he said, What? How? Look at this. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Wow. In King James, it's even stronger. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if you can't do it as a representative of the Lord or do it in his name, don't do it. You say, man, I'm just about to cuss at somebody. Can I do that? Nope. Can't do that with God's help. Can't do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Say, man, I'm going to act a fool. We're going to go do, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Can I get an amen in this this calm church? All right. Let's go to Proverbs 3.5. Proverbs 3.5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. That sounds like putting him first, doesn't it? Don't depend on yourself. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all you do. Did you know the Lord should be your true priority? (laughs) My wife told me this morning, I said, I said, I was texting her. She'd already driven off with mom, and I texted her. And I said, "Man, has the day arrived? I miss you already." She was just driving off. They, they probably weren't even out of Hobbs yet. I said, "Man, I miss you." And she told me the sweetest thing. She said, "You're my everything." She said, "Apart from Jesus." <laughs> She's got her priorities straight. And then she said something about crew, and I ignored that. I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I'm like, well, you're my everything, apart from Jesus and I, crew, not so much. That's our dog." Crazy little bear-looking guy. He's crazy. Man, he, you've got to get to the place where God is everything to you. Where everything you do, you know, you say, man, does this, here, here's a question, does this honor God? Me wearing this, does it honor God? Me saying this, does it honor God? Hmm. Me acting like this, does that honor God? Me walking in unforgiveness, that, this should be a no-brainer, you guys. It's not a trick question. Me walking in unforgiveness, does that honor God? Me holding a grudge against people, does that honor God? No, it doesn't. So we know that how do we honor God? We start off by putting Him first. Someone say, put God first. Okay, I got another one for you. Let's go to Psalm 145.18. Psalm 145.18. The Lord is close to all who call on Him. Is that good news? That's good news, isn't it? Yes to all who call on him in truth. So my second point today is spend time with him. Spend time with God. That that goes right along with putting God first. If God is first, then you will spend time with him. What lady in this house that is married says it's cool if my husband never spends time with me, go ahead and raise your hand. And we're going to have a meeting with you and your husband after church. It's not it's not cool, huh? It's not okay. Men, how about you? You're married. Say, said, it's cool if my wife just puts me on the, you know, the last burner there, keeps me on the shelf, just I'm on the back burner, just whatever, whenever. Uh Uh-uh. I got married to be married. And I got saved to be in a relationship with God. I got saved to be in a relationship with Him. So practice spending time with God. Practice it. Someone say practice. My dad always said this. Dad, dad always said this. Practice doesn't make perfect. Dad said practice makes better. It does. So the more you practice something, it becomes natural. Man, I talk to God all day long. I spend time with him. I read the word every day. But I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to have devoted, set-aside time with the Lord, just you and him. Just you and him. There's times where your days get crazy or maybe like Pastor Jen, you're traveling, and you've got to be able to figure that out and just talk to God as you go and spend time with him. But you can do that on an airplane. I've done it. Put in your earphones. Man, start to speak to God. Whisper to Him. Get alone. You can be in a crowded room and zone out everybody else. You say, man, I can't get out of here. I'm in a waiting room or something. You can spend time with God. You can spend time with Him. Look at this. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 16, 11. Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. What does seek mean? It means look for Him. You know what scripture says? Seek the Lord while he may be found. What does that mean? That means at some point in some people's lives, if they have not been seeking God, they won't be able to find him. At some point, God's spirit will stop calling people. That has always terrified me. That is terrifying. That is terrifying to imagine that if you ignore God long enough, he will stop speaking to you and you won't be able to find him. So scripture says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Don't worry, any of you in here, you're going to be all right. You're seeking God on a Sunday morning, aren't you? You're seeking God right now, just being in church. It's a worship service. You're worshiping God, and you are looking for the Lord. Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. Look at what Jesus did, Luke 6, 12. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. There's change or keys or something. Hold on to those for me, if you would, please. One day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. You say, wow, there's a mystery in all of that. You say, how does that work? But I do know this, that Jesus is our perfect example. Jesus taught us how to treat other people. He taught us how to honor God. And Jesus also taught us how to pray. The Lord's Prayer is a great model prayer, but we do know that Jesus would get alone and go off by himself to pray say is that important important man he was god in the flesh but he, he would get off by himself to go pray if he needed to do that we must we must have the same need huh spend time with god what do you find out when you're spending time with god when you put god first number one number two and you begin to spend time with him you find out things about what does he want i'm in a blessed situation man Life is not always perfect. Life is not always easy. But I will tell you this. My life is a lot easier than others who just married whoever the first person who came along. It is. And that's not me being a smart aleck or throwing rocks. Because God can give grace. God can help you. God can heal you. God can work out your marriage no matter how bad it started. I've heard of some crazy stuff. I, there was a husband and wife. They were prophets used to come minister here. And they had been divorced four or five times to and from each other. Now, you remember them, Dad? Was it the Todds? Joseph Todd, I forget his wife's name. They were powerful. Man, they were ready to kill each other. They'd get a divorce, and they'd fall in love again get married and do it again, repeat. Isn't that crazy? Some of y'all are like, no, when I was done, I was done. It was toxic. That's okay. But they were meant to be together. They were meant to be together. Find out what God wants for your life. There's a young lady, say a young lady, she's very youthful. I've told her over the years, sis, I I told her, sis, I'm praying for God to send you the right man. She said, no, thanks. I'm fine. (laughs) I said, okay, praise God. That's not on your heart, praise God. She said, I'm fine. She's just serving God on her own, doing her thing, praise God, that's fine. But if that's on your heart to be with the right person and you're not married, then God's going to send you the right person. Now, if you're married, that's the right person. There are extenuating circumstances for that. If you're married, that's the right person. Someone say amen. You're stuck, kid. You just work it out in fear and trembling in Jesus' name. So what does God want? What is His will? And I know there's, we're not going to get into all that this morning. There are marriage relationships where you can look at it and go, well, they left the marriage, they won't serve God with me, they've cheated on me, they're aggressive, whatever, and God understands all that. You've got to talk to the right people about that and wise people. God has to lead you. And some marriages died, and they weren't, they weren't a real marriage. And that's between you and God. You're not going to get judgment from me on that. You're not. That's between you and God. And you've got to work that out with help from God and others. But I do know that God's will is best. Someone say amen. amen. Is God's will best? Amen. Man, he, he came up with some stuff in Scripture. My mind cannot conceive even after all these years. I've been reading through this Bible for years. And I go, man, God did that? How did He do that? We go out in nature and I look up at the sky and I go, how on earth did God and all His wisdom do this stuff? Stars in the sky and planets and billions of them and oxygen and our earth has just the right amounts of everything for us to survive and it's not too warm and it's not too cold. Some of you are like, yeah, but Hobbes is too warm. But you know what I mean. You can survive. All in his wisdom, and you can get to know God and his will and his ways by spending time with him. Get to know him. Quality time. You know, I'm a quality time person. So is my wife. She likes quality time. We sit down together and we spend time together. We look at each other. We look each other in the eye. That, well, that's what was so beautiful about our vacation. It was me and her just looking at each other. Spending time. <laughs> Getting past some things, man, maybe, maybe grieving some things, going through some stuff, figuring out stuff, talking things over, spending time together. Just like you spend time with someone you love, you really should be spending time with God if you love him. Can I get an amen in here? All right. Number three is the toughest point all morning. You ready? You ready? Let's put that up there. Is that clear enough? Any, any questions on that? Obey Him. I went ahead and put an exclamation mark. Let's go to Deuteronomy 13.4. Serve only the Lord your God and fear Him alone. Obey His commands, listen to His voice. There's that word, and cling to Him. Hold on to Him. You hold on to the Lord through everything. Man, over the years, there's been times I felt like, Man, Lord, am I holding on to You? Or are You just holding on to me because I'm barely making it here? But you cling to him however you can to the best of your ability with his help. Serve on, You know what? Let's read that together on the count of three. One, two, three. Serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. Is that good? Let's go to John 14, 15. Jesus himself, he said, If you love me, obey my commandments. It's easy to say, no, I love God. I've had people say that, man, say, I love God. But, man, they won't serve him. They won't connect with him. They won't do anything. But they love God. Well, you may have a desire to want to love God. But if you're not obeying him, you're not serving God, you are not, you're not showing him much love, are you? That's how you honor God. So we honor God by putting God first, spending time with him, and also by obeying him. So let's read this again. Jesus said, someone say, Jesus said, uh huh. Yeah. If you love me, obey my commandments. The Book of John. Let's go to Philippians two twelve. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show what the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Make it one of your chief goals in life. Not only to put God first and spend time with him, but to obey him. Say, man, if his word says it, I need to do that. I need to walk in love. I told you you guys, those of you who who were here Wednesday night, I said God was dealing with me this past week because I'd found myself being edgy for a number of reasons. I'm not going to get into all of it. I don't want to make excuses, but I was being edgy and defensive. I'm naturally a little defensive. And... I was driving around in my truck, man, and God began to speak to me. He said, remember 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, walk in love. Walk in love. Don't take offense easily. Don't be insulted or angered or irritated easily. Don't be defensive. That's not walking in love. And man, it messed with me so much. I was in my truck. I said, Lord, please forgive me. I want to walk in love. I want to obey your word. That is one of, the, one of the greatest commandments. Jesus said, love God. Wow. Love God is the greatest commandment. And then what else is there? Love your neighbor as yourself. And it's not always easy, huh? Especially if you've got to see these people every day. Some of you have dealt with that. You say, man, I go to work and these people irritate me. I've got to walk in love with them. They're devils. They don't understand anything. Their minds are darkened. Their eyes are darkened. Just remember, at one point, you had to come accept Jesus, too. You weren't born saved, brother and sister, right? We as Christians, we forget that sometimes. It's like, man, we've been saved so long we forgot. I I was born redeemed. No, you weren't. Scripture says you were conceived in sin. How? My parents were married. No. We live in a fallen race. Our DNA is fallen. You had to come back to the Lord. Since the garden, everybody has to come back to the Lord. So you have to... Come back to God and serve Him. Accept Jesus. Be merciful with people. And obey God when it comes to other people. This ties into the beginning. I'm almost done. I'm not going to take much longer. Obey God with your finances. Obey God in your conduct. Care about what He cares about. Obey God in your choices, your behavior, how you treat people, how you forgive, how you walk in love, what you do in your spare time. And let me tell you something right now. We all have public lives, private lives, and secret lives. My public life, everybody sees it. Here we are. We're on Facebook Live. Praise God. My private life, there are some of you that know me well enough. You know more about my private life, how I am at home with my wife, um, what, you know, what time we go to bed, the private things. But then there's secret things. There's things when I'm all alone and my wife is gone And that's between me and God. So I need to make sure that my conduct is holy and right and that I'm obeying Him even when I am doing the secret things. Like what? Let's just be real. I'm going to be graphic. When I'm home alone showering with the door closed. When I look at my phone and nobody else in the world knows but God. What are you doing in your private time but beyond your private time? What are you doing in your secret time? Serve him, obey him, bring honor to him, even when you're all alone. You know what they taught at the Christian Academy here? Years ago, we had an academy that went all the way up to 12th grade. We're praying and believing for that again someday. Grade school Christian Academy again. We need that. Need the right people to run it, and man, we'll do it again one day with God's, with God's help and if it's according to his will. But you know what we, we always taught the kids there? And I love that. It said integrity is what you do when nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. I've seen people at the store, man, believers even, get out to their car and go, man, they gave me an extra 20, praise God, in my cash. Take that into that poor girl. She's an hourly employee. That is not a harvest, child. Or you saw them drop a $100 bill. Oh, praise God. (laughs) That's messed up, man. We don't run like that, we don't roll like that. You be a person of integrity, all right? You don't keep that. You give that back. Man, they gave me $100 extra. I mean, I, I remember one time clearly I did that. I knew when I did it something was wrong. I gave someone a $100 bill extra at a finance company. And I said, have a Merry Christmas. And she looked down at her money and went, you too, and ran out. And I tried to call her. And she said, I spent the money. I knew I gave it to that crazy lady. I was $100 short. Glad my boss forgave me. Oh, that was a big deal. I said, man. And that was 25 years ago. I said, man, that was a lot of money. No integrity. Called later and she's like, I don't know what to tell you, you know. I spent it. She knew she admitted that she'd gotten extra money. She thought it was a Christmas gift from a finance company. Finance companies don't give Christmas <laughs> gifts. Here's your gift you get to pay on time and pay interest, right? Make sure you're obeying God in every area of your life. You say, man, I feel overwhelmed. You ready? I'm about to close. You ready? You want to put God first? Love Him. Love people. Stay connected. Let's just simplify today. Love Him. Love people. Stay connected. That really covers everything because you love God, then you're not going to want to be without spending time with Him and getting in, in, in His Word. You want to spend time with God? Get into the Word and prayer. The basics. You say, man, I'm struggling, though. I need to go back to church and be with other believers. That's what today is for. We're here to encourage each other, come together, strengthen each other. So let's read through those three points again one more time. Put God first, number one. Number two, spend time with him. This is how we honor God. And number three, obey him. Hang with us, man. Next week we'll be talking about how to honor people. Some of you say, man, I need that. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning, if you would, please. Thank you so much. You cannot honor God if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord. You just can't. Your actions will be a dishonor to God if you're not right with him. The only way to be right with God is to accept the sacrifice of Jesus, the Son of the living God, his blood, because it paid. It paid the price. Not only covered, it took away our sin, once you believe. Is there anyone in this house, or the sound of my voice, or on the live stream, that would say, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus. If I died tonight, I would go to hell for dishonoring God. I wouldn't go to heaven. But see, hell wasn't made for you. It was made for Satan and the fallen angels. And their absolute disobedience from God. Having a full revelation of who God was, they rebelled. Now, humans are presented with a choice. Is it heaven or hell? say, that's harsh, Pastor Matt. Are you using fear? No, I'm just using facts. Beyond that, I'm using truth. Jesus spoke about hell more than, (laughs) I think, more than anything, more than most things. He spoke about hell a lot. He spoke about hell more than heaven. We know that. So if there's anyone in this house who says, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life, I have never, ever done that. If that's you, you don't know where you'd go if you died. Please raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you today. You need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. Anybody in this house? All right. Let's agree. Let's put our faith together. Let's agree today. Someone say this out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me, Lord. Please cleanse me. I know that I'm a sinner apart from you. I need you, Lord. Cleanse me. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again. See, I confess him as my Lord, as my number one, my priority, the Lord of my life. I believe. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus died and rose again for me. Please forgive me. I thank you. In Jesus' name.